Welcome to the Sales Career Podcast. This is your host, Kevin Hopp. Whether you're an executive, sales leader, or just getting your career in sales started, I'm here to help you read between the lines and hear the real stories that you can't get from a resume or from a LinkedIn profile, all designed to help you shape your own sales career. Let's dive right into today's episode and see what we can learn. Welcome back to another edition of the Sales Career Podcast. I'm your host, Kevin Hopp. My guest today is a guy who I've been connected to for a while. He is a seasoned technology salesperson, held a number of executive roles, currently is a managing partner at a company called Darwinian Ventures that does actually a lot of different things, and I can't wait to hear a lot about that. Everyone, please welcome the great and powerful Sahil Mera. How are we doing? Hey, man. Good to see you again. Thanks for having me. This is awesome. <laughs> it's Absolutely. so cool. Yeah, thanks for coming on. Thanks for coming on. I'm, I'm always uh, poking around LinkedIn and my network to find people that have an interesting background. Mm-hmm. And I think that you learn more from the people that have the interesting backgrounds than the people mm-hmm. that have uh, you know straightforward backgrounds. I don't know. As, as, uh, as my listeners know, I, I kind of created this podcast as this, this way for me to unbox my feelings around the fact that my dad has only ever had one job at one company for 35 years and he's about to retire. And, and I, I feel, I feel so many mixed things that I've had like six jobs and I've been out of school for eight years mm-hmm. <laughs> and uh, I, I can't place my thumb or my finger on, is it, is it me? Is there a problem? Is this the way it is? What can we learn from other people who have been really successful? And I'm kind of obsessed with getting to the bottom of that. So I'm really excited to hear a bit of your story. Um, that being said, why don't we why don't we start there? Like, what's your two minute? What's the Sahil story? As if someone's never met you, heard of you before. Yeah, for sure. My uh, my two minute story. And sorry, I'm still a little sick. Um, <clears throat> after in college, I got into coaching soccer. Uh, my parents were never entrepreneurs, so they said, "You have the means. You can stay at home. You can live at home. Like, go do your own thing." Um, college soccer or coaching soccer paid some of the bills, the drinking, whatever, whatever. And then, uh, they encouraged me to start my own Academy. So for two and a half years after college, I built a soccer business, built a nonprofit arm, pitched to like rich people to like pay an exorbitant amount of money for soccer coaching. And through everything that I liked, everything that I learned about being an entrepreneur, the part that was my favorite was using Squarespace getting Stripe, building a very like lean and mean CRM, uh, doing email marketing cadences to my rich parents. And yeah. the part that I love the most was like going into like a county like presentation where I'm about to go win all these contracts. And it kind of just clicked. It's like technology and sales. This is me. And then I got a bunch of different jobs out of the gates. Like I was BDR, climbed to AE, then enterprise AE. And then I got, you know, moved into Darwinian with um, my co-founder and we've been helping businesses build their sales playbooks ever since. So yeah, that's that's my story, man. Yeah. I didn't know that it all started by being a youth soccer coach. Yeah. I don't know. It's like sales is everything, man. It's, it's, uh, it's the difference between making, you know, $200 a week giving five lessons or making $2,000 a week, giving, you know, 40 hours a week. Like you have to sell yourself like that. That's all it is, right? As an entrepreneur, it's being able to no, sell yourself. 
I, I totally see that. And it's interesting that you started out your career having to sort of build your own little business, which yeah. taught you a range of different things. Yeah. It's not like you just came right out and were a BDR right away. And it's like, okay, sales is for me. But you backed into that over time. For sure. Yeah. I mean, it, you know, in college, I bounced around too. I went in like civil engineering major. I suck at math. So that didn't work out so well. And then I wound up with a marketing degree. And I'm like, how do I, what do I do with this? But it was having the opportunity to be on, like, I touched finance a little bit. I touched operations a little bit. I touched payroll. I touched sales. I touched everything. And the part that I fell in love with was just getting people to buy my stuff. So it's like a, it's like a nice segue into sales, I guess. Hey, if that's, like, not the most simple definition of sales, get people to buy your stuff. Buy my stuff, man. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Whatever yeah, it is. Buy- by the st- so the one qualifier to add to that, like the thing that makes like real modern sellers, I mean, not just modern, but like se- real sales professionals buy my stuff when I want you to buy my stuff. Yeah. Right. Because like the, yeah. the, the time component of sales is what makes it so pressure packed. People say, oh, you work in sales. It must be so stressful mm-hmm. It's because of quotas and timelines and like, OK, I need you I need to sell X amount of stuff by X amount of date. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which is which is aggressive. So talk to me a little bit. So you mentioned you kind of fast forwarded through your SaaS career there. Yeah. One of the questions I always ask is, you know, what, what was the most difficult sales job that you had and what made it difficult? I'm really curious. <clears throat> yeah, for sure. I think it was the second position that I had where I was brought in as a, <clears throat> an AE. And my previous role, I started as an SDR, senior SDR, AE. So I learned how to prospect. And that was an education, like ed tech. So I learned how to call up deans of admissions and like pitch on the phone. And um, it's like a certain persona and you learn it and they're a little bit more friendly, but it's a little bit competitive. And then all of a sudden I got a cybersecurity job where, you know, you're you're talking to like the most careful and cautious people uh, in one of the most crowded industries. So number one, I had to learn all this industry jargon and nomenclature and all the buzzwords and all the competitive, like I literally zero experience. And then number two was just full cycle sales, getting into B2B instead of education, also different. So it's, it was almost like learning a whole new function. It's not even like sales job to sales job. It's like so vastly different. Right. Um, And it was definitely a challenge and expectations weren't aligned. I thought I'd be getting leads <laughs> as like every AE wants, but like no problem with me. Like that's okay. I just, it wasn't mentioned. So, <laughs> okay. Yeah. Well, that's it. Yeah. <laughs> that's also, you know, yeah. kind of the story. The story of my career too, is that I went from SDR to AE and then I kept trying to jump AE roles thinking, okay, this is the AE role where I get the inbound and I can focus on closing and, and just be like that top 5% closer. And I found, Every time I thought the grass was greener and go to another AE job, I had the same problem. Pipeline. Yeah, there's the grass like is always perceived to be greener. I is what I found. Um, you know, it's just I, I think you actually have to give it time. Once you give it time, you become better at your craft because you've spent more time in the industry, and things come back around. You know, like I can't count on one hand, how many times someone just hit me up that like we killed the deal and they were like, Hey, Sal, by the way, I just got to let you know I got funding or like, Hey, this is a priority or that 
a competitor didn't work out. And if you keep bouncing from job to job to job, imagine ramping six months every single time to hit quota. Right. Just you, you can't do it. So yep. I, I think I think it's important to stick out a job for at least a year, even if it sucks. Like it looks good on your resume. You learn a lot and usually things come back. You get tenure, you can carry around kind of a bigger stick. You have more of a seat at the table too. Totally, totally. It's it's one of the things that I have wondered about. It's like I, I, I don't really have a lot of jobs. The longest job I've ever had is working for myself. Mm-hmm. And, and uh, I've always struggled to make it pass a little past a year. I've done a year and a half in a mm-hmm. W-2 job, but I haven't mm-hmm. done further than that. And I, and I see people that have like, you know, like six years in a, in a sales organization at a SaaS company. I'm like, how many things are they putting up with? How mm-hmm. many things went their way? Mm-hmm. What are, what are they doing? Like what, like, are they working harder than I ever did? Are they working differently? Like, Mm-hmm. I don't know. Like, I feel, I feel like it, it has to be a combination. So I got, I got a chance to talk to my, my brother-in-law's brother, mm-hmm. right? So my brother-in-law's brother has been at a SaaS company in the Bay area for eight years, yeah. eight years at one company started as a yeah. BDR. Now he's a director of product management. Wow. And I was like, we, we were drinking and we were at a baseball game and, and I was sitting next to him. I'm like, dude, so how did you, how, how have you stayed at this one company and you've been able to like completely transition mm-hmm. your career along the way? And he said, the leadership is patient with me. And I'm like, gosh, wouldn't that be nice? Like, I don't yeah. think I've ever had patient leadership. Like, patient leadership, that's like, gosh. Like, if you find, like, really good leaders that are willing mm-hmm. to invest in you and mm-hmm. let you develop into who you are, I feel like that's got to be, like, an X factor. Like, can we can we not, like, get a badge for those people on LinkedIn and have it be like, this is a patient leader. <laughs> Go follow them. For sure. I mean – uh finding someone that you can learn from is like so important like it's it's really important to have mentors it's really important when i found when i was young in my career to like have someone that i could just go to and 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 learn from and like level up my skill set i think i think there's like a status quo where like someone performs well and they get a promotion but sometimes people don't even want to be leaders and maybe they're not even meant to be leaders like they're just they like closing deals and you know they like booking meetings and stuff like that um and and a lot of the time it's there's like too much pressure i think on on the meeting count but not like how do you get those meetings like are we listening to one call a week per rep cuz that's not good enough we should be listening to like 15 or 20 and every every week we should be doing calls call coaching sessions and things like that otherwise they're not going to level up they're just going to consistently maybe hit their number like barely get by or not hit it you know yeah um it, it's it's something that uh it you know funny enough i talked to my my buddy kyle shannon who was at mm-hmm. coach crm for a while and what coach crm does is mm-hmm. helps managers train people so i i've actually been co-working with him for a long time in nooks which is a company you advise right mm-hmm. so nooks is this really cool product if, if you've never heard of it and you listen to this podcast go check it out go like, check that shit out it, it's kind of like the future of remote work it's it's almost like web 3 where like you can be in a space with people you can pop in and out of conversations instantly mm-hmm. and people say well don't i i have zoom i have teams that works dude the experience is just very different in nooks mm-hmm. so we've been we've been co-working 
in nooks mm-hmm. for a month and a half where we show up every day every other day we on linkedin chat we're like hey who wants to hop on nooks and me me and a bunch of guys we get on there but mm-hmm. uh on the topic of leadership you know kyle i i hear kyle make calls and i hear all these different sales leaders that he's talking to live on mm-hmm. the cold call and how they come back and say like yeah you know we don't have time for call coaching no no we, we just do a pipeline interview every other week and like you know hey hold on kyle i gotta go i gotta hit this this golf shot you know like, like we, we would hear some crazy stuff where we're like wow i don't know what that vp is even doing you know like it makes you wonder <laughs> it, it makes you wonder for sure i mean <clears throat> i think like anybody like people's motivations are different i i tend to think that in sales there probably are more leaders that are more committed to kind of their status and their track and like fast tracking that as much as possible i mean it's it's a high earning like paper for performance kind of kind of position but i'm i'm not surprised <laughs> like yeah. i've 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 cold called vps of sales before and they'll be like i don't take cold calls i'm like your team doesn't do this. Like, is that what you're saying to me? <laughs> Cause like, I don't buy that or they should be. So, yeah, no, that's the, that's my favorite. The sales leader that does not take a cold call or I, the, it, even worse when they like minimize, they like put you down. They say like, I don't take solicitations on my phone. You're like, yeah. Like use the fancy word. Why don't you it's like, <laughs> like, come on? Like you've never done this do. before. What? You're in sales. Like it's yeah. the job of solicitors. Like we are solicitors, right? Like, yeah. I don't know. I mean, I made a post on LinkedIn about that last week because I had a gatekeeper. I was coaching a rep for one of my clients and like the gatekeeper straight up said, is this a solicitation? And it made me think, I'm like, God, like solicitation and solicitors, that word has the connotation of like the the sign that was on my parents' front door. No solicitors, right? Yep. The idea that you don't want the door to door knocking people to interrupt your dinner, try to sell you a vacuum or, you know, spread the good word of Jesus Christ, our savior, right? Yeah. Um, and it's such a negative connotation, but then I like Googled it and like the, the dictionary definition kind of does fit like what we're trying to do with a sales call with a cold call, because it's just to ask something of somebody Yeah, and it's not to sell them something. It's not to give them something and it's not to like get them on a demo. It's just to ask them something. So, and I teach this whole method around cold calling where it's like, you're trying to have the conversation, which is a back and forth dialogue about mm-hmm. dynamic things. It's not just throw up your pitch and say, yes, I want a meeting. Mm-hmm, it's a back mm-hmm. and forth. So I don't know. I, I'm thinking about renaming my my cold calling course to solicitations one-on-one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's funny you you said, uh, is this like we don't take solicitations? Or like, what is this? And um, I tried a line one time where I was just like, it, it's an opportunity. And they actually like passed me through. Like if someone's like, is this a cold call? I said, no, it's, it's actually an opportunity. And then they were like, okay, cool. Like, I'll pass you. <laughs> I haven't tried it like often, but I'm like, that's, that's a cool way to do it. But yeah, you should totally, I mean, that makes a ton of sense. (laughs) Do you not wonder if there's like, there's probably a conversation after the target hangs up the phone where they like call the gatekeeper and say, Hey, why did you pass that guy through? They said, he said it was an opportunity. (laughs) Yeah, 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 yeah. Right. But that's, you know, Uh, that's like part of what we have to do. Like, how do we, how do we turn the negative notion of cold calling into, creating curiosity and providing them a solution to something that hopefully is like tearing them apart. Right. Yeah. (laughs) That's that's like what we have to do. (laughs) And and the thing that I'm fascinated with and the thing that like makes 
like my consulting practice very different is I'm obsessed with the time component time mm. because I genuinely believe that like the number one problem in my opinion with cold calling is that you try to square peg round hole. You try to like shove your pitch in there when they're not ready to talk. Mm-hmm. And they'll, they'll say things like, uh, I just stepped out of the meeting to take this. What is this regarding? And then the mm-hmm. rep will throw up their entire pitch. And then what do they get hit with nine times out of 10? I'm not interested. We're good. Thanks for the call. <clears throat> yeah. So, so like defending your time, like it is like worth, you know, a million dollars as a for rep sure. actually will get you better conversations, but you got to be able to like ditch calls really quickly. So that's another Got thing. It. If you don't, if you don't have like a process for getting in and out of that, then you're. If you only get two or three calls a day, and two of them are busy at that moment, then you're not going to hit your number. So yeah, then you need a dialer. <laughs> um, uh, for you, sure, they all need a dialer. Everybody needs a dialer. If you're not I using think, a dialer, like what are you doing? Yeah, no, for sure. I think that's so important. It's like to be able to get someone to go from that instant frustration and kind of fluster of you hitting their cell phone, however you do it, whether it's humor or a callback or whatever. Mm-hmm. I think the odds, there's got to be a number to this. Like if successfully, you know, reduce the stress level, <laughs> like the odds of booking the call go up way higher. And and that honestly, to me, man, is like the hardest skill set is how do you, how do you get that? Hey, blah, 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 blah. And then turn that into something else. I was listening to a cold call on those like Rev Genius sessions where they do it through mm-hmm. Nooks. And um, a VP of sales picked up and I forgot who was doing the dialing. And uh, they were like, hey, listen, man, I'm I'm like on a golf course right now. It's like not a good time. Uh, and the rep was like, OK, no, 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 no problem. Let me let me just like tell you what I'm calling. And immediately that like, oh, like, OK, you've already kind of DQ'd your own self. But yeah. I think if people <clears throat> listen to what that prospect is saying and think of like a clever out, for example, like, nice, what'd you shoot on the last hole, right? Something like that where it's just, you just, you're, you're taking what they're saying and you're putting it right back and they're like, what the, what was that guy just say? I shot like a bogey. Be like, cool, I played Birdwood last week. Anyway, I know, I know you got time walking between your holes. So let me, let me tell you why I'm calling. Like That's that, right. that, why you're calling can, Repeat. You can say that script, but like the first half, I think, is like the most important piece of just like active listening. So, I could not agree more. <laughs> yeah. <Sayo. laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like you're selling my course right now, man. Yeah, man. I, I have the I have the five golden rules of cold calling. One of them is be interesting and interested. Yeah. Imagine sure. that if if you're if you're cold callers going outbound, were actually interested in what's going on on the other end of the line, and they were interesting people. Like a little different tone, a little different. Oh, really? That's you, interesting. You speak the truth, man. And then all of a sudden, that person who's like expected to be like, "I'm busy. Okay, I'm going away now. Bye." And you interrupt mm-hmm. that pattern. All of a mm-hmm. sudden, they're like, "Oh, uh, uh, yeah, I guess I got a minute. You know, oh, I, I'm eating lunch right now. Oh, sounds like a sandwich. Is that a sandwich or is that soup that I hear?" Dude, I, I literally did that. We had a client start. I hadn't I hadn't even seen their demo. Uh, it's not my project. It's one of my manager's projects. We're struggling with yeah. cold calling. I write a script, and I'm like, hey, let's let's jump in Nooks. Let's just run it. Uh, yeah. Third call was a pickup. The guy was like, oh, I'm a little bit busy right now. I'm like, making. I'm like, cool, what you making? He's like, a chicken sandwich. I was like, oh, sick. I do that all the time, but with tuna. And then I proceeded to get the meeting. I don't even know anything about the product. And I think it's more just because you're able to build that, that personality. But I think right. something else that's 
really challenging is that folks will they'll get into an SDR role <clears throat> and then they'll go to like senior and then they'll go to like AE. But I think that you need like five years or six years or seven years of cold calling to be a beast. It's like you don't even have enough time to be a beast. Like I'm still getting better. You're still getting better. Like in five years of you doing more cold calling and more coaching, you're going to be like five times better. Yeah. And so I don't know. I think everyone needs to be prospecting. Like net net. Everybody needs to be prospecting because it's an invaluable skill wherever the hell you go. You know? That's right. That's right. It's a little bit like it's a little bit like professional athletes need to continue to work out, right? Okay, so I understand. <laughs> yeah, that, yeah, right. I, I understand you're the, the the best person in the world at catching a football or at throwing a football or hitting a golf ball, but if you stop running and you stop, yeah. you know, doing bench press, everything's going to atrophy below, and all of a sudden you don't have the right touch. And it's the same idea for like sales. So the people that hire me, by the way, are mostly older sales leaders that kind of have that atrophied muscle that like, yeah. Hey, I, I don't know what's new and what's next in outbound sales. You do, Kevin, you know, you're yeah. the millennial sales coach. Yeah. Cool. I'm hiring you. For so sure. And there's out well. enough, enough business for you <laughs> to go oh, around. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm drowning right now. It's, it's good. It's a good thing. Let me, let me ask you one of the other things I wanted to talk about here. One of the questions I always ask is how did you get your most recent job or promotion? So talk to me about like Darwinian. Like what do you guys do and how did you come about like launching this? Yeah. Um, so the last company I was at before Darwinian, um, one of the folks there that changed jobs worked for my co-founding partner. <laughs> so um, okay. it was just, I, I wasn't like unhappy. It was It was more opportunistic. My friend, his name's Chuck. He was like, hey, man, just talk to Andrew. Have a conversation. See what's up. And uh, I actually remember I was driving to the rock climbing gym. I was just, like in the moment, like about to hit hit the gym. And we had one call. I, I don't even know if it was my interview. It was just like whatever. And then the rest was history. It was like, hey, man, I get to work with early stage founders. Then you get to build sales process. And it's really cool. And you can like pick and choose your client. Blah, blah, blah. I was like, this is, this is dope. It's like really cool. Um, and we've been building that for the past four years. Uh, what the business does, it's, it's really interesting. We work with early stage companies. Most of the time they're, um, seed, seed series a, and now we're seeing a lot of companies that aren't traditional SaaS companies because sort of like what you mentioned, older leadership is kind of catching wind of the new, better, different outbound, you know, direct sales model, and they don't have the chops to do it. So I have a team of 18, like really badass salespeople. Um, we do lead generation. We do deal closing, which is kind of our competitive edge. Um, we do sales operations. So we build first revenue stacks and we're, we don't build the same one every single time. So I'm not, um, partial to partners. I build what's right for my client, the right tools for the right client. Um, and then we actually build this playbook like on a, deck and it's like this is our scripts and this is our icp and then we actually go out and test it which is the coolest part so we we do the building and then we actually try to like fly the plane and then make changes Whoa. and pivots so it's it's cool interesting very very kind of unique type of company because I, I there's a lot of meeting setting companies there's a lot of companies that like to outsource and do your like operation stuff oh, i'll be a part-time salesforce admin part-time deal desk part-time right. this and that but it seems like you guys do a mixture of 
all of that with the, the yeah. fractional the fractional closing part is the what I think is the real you know feather in your it's cap. fun man it's unique I and to be honest with you I didn't do this because I'm like this is my market opportunity I fundamentally believe that you have to do it all otherwise like the left hand is disconnected from the right hand like how can you do lead generation as a service <clears throat> if you're not sitting on the demos or understanding right. what the deal flow looks like? How can you build a CRM if you're not working the deals? How can you <laughs> like, right. what? like, what is this? You know, like, and how can you do this fractionally? Like, how can you have one person doing lead gen for five clients? For I, You can't. You got to go like all the way deep into your project, your one project. You got to learn the business. You got to like, ingrain yourself in LinkedIn and read the news articles and, and go all in. Otherwise you're kind of like this Jack of all trades, master of none. Like you, you got to like really understand the, the one thing that you're working on. And that's why I think people like us. Cause we, we get like so integrated. We're just like part of the team. Like we go to their conferences, we do their happy hours with them, like all sorts of stuff. And, and it's, it's really cool. Cause we meet a lot of like really interesting founders solving a lot of really interesting problems like nooks. And I love right. those guys. Cause they, they freaking do the prospecting themselves. Like how badass is that? Yeah. So it's it's cool, man. Awesome, awesome. It sounds like a really unique business. Um, I got one more question for you here before we wrap up. And, yeah. And I, I know you've you've been around the block for a, a few different few different types of companies and started as a football or a, a soccer coach and now running yeah. a, a company with eighteen sellers. So if you could go back to day one of your sales career your first sales job and tell yourself, give yourself one piece of advice, one little golden nugget. What would that be? Yeah, it's, um, I, I would say like do your research on the company you are going to choose to work with because okay. what I have found to be the most important and I've seen this now because I work with early stage founders and companies is honestly, at the end of the day, man, the, the people that ride like the eight-year game, like you mentioned, your your buddy, it's more about product market fit than it is like... So only There's only so much I can control as one person doing sales. Right. There has to be a whole lot of right. So if you're like just getting into your sales career and you have choices and you have job offers, don't pick the one that's 5K more. Pick the one that's like solving a more real problem. And do your research. Look online. Go on G2. Read the reviews. Look on the post. See what the customers are saying. And also, look at what who your boss is. Like, can you actually learn something from this this person? Like, do they have like an awesome resume where you can like just extract and like be a sponge? And I've actually found that to be uh, the. I never did it, and I think it would have done like wonders for me um, in my in my career for sure. There you go. That I I. Definitely agree. I, I really agree. I've I've worked for some funky companies. <laughs> Probably Fun, I didn't, funky is a good way to put it. Yeah, <laughs> I, I didn't I didn't do that sort of I didn't do that sort of research. I guess like the the first job I had out of college, I did that research because I I my call one of my jobs in college was in real estate, and I worked for a real estate tech company. So I, I actually had a lot of background in it. But we had a lot of other problems. There can always be other problems besides product market fit. But yeah, and it, it's a piece of advice. Yeah, I mean, research, it's its just, it's its not done enough. And I, th I think yeah. it has to be part of like, and if, and if you don't know how to conduct the research, find someone that like 
can just look online and give you their two cents that are maybe two or three steps ahead in their career and be like, hey, would you do this or this? Or even a random person. Like, I don't know. I'd help a stranger if they came to me. So, For sure. For sure. Well, Sahil, thank you so much for, for coming on the podcast today, man. This has been really fun. How can people connect with you? Hit me up on LinkedIn. My email, smara at dar- darwinian.com. I'm around. I'm Love around. it. Yeah. Love it. Awesome, man. Well, well, thanks again for, for coming on the pod. It's been really valuable. I hope the, the listeners dig it. And uh, let's stay in touch. Yeah, man. We'll talk to you. Thanks so much, man. Cheers. If this episode is interesting to you, please share your thoughts on LinkedIn or Twitter. Tag me and I might just feature your post in an upcoming episode of the Sales Career Podcast. Or if you want to connect directly, go to hopconsultinggroup.com and we'll find a way to work together. Cheers. Cheers.